Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Are you putting all your faith and hope in God to resurrect your hurting or dead marriage? Since 1996, we have been putting billboards up saying in big letters, there's hope. Above that, in smaller letters, God heals hurting marriages. And then beneath all of that, we put our website address. Have you lost your hope in God restoring your marriage? Have you lost your hope in salvation of your loved ones? Have you lost your hope in what God has for you to do for the rest of your life? Are you just existing? And what I am saying to you tonight is you need to wake up. You need to understand the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. As you've heard tonight, the powerful testimonies that we've had, that God is in the restoration business. He's in the miracle business. He is in the business of being with us each and every day, 24 hours a day, and he wants to be with you, guiding and directing you, showing you his will, his way for your life, showing you the path you're supposed to go on, and teaching you truths that we need to know through this word. And you know what? You can say, I don't want to pray. You can say, I don't want to read this. It's dry. It doesn't speak to me. But if you will get on your knees or if you will just cry out and say, Lord, speak to me through the word of God, it will come alive to you like never before. It will help you. It will guide you. It will direct you. And it will show you and will give you victory in the deepest, deepest times of your life of trials and tribulations. So what I'm saying is, where is your hope? Is your hope in your career? Is your hope in your family? Is your hope in yourself of how successful you are? How brilliant you, you are in running a business? I want you to know that God is the one you need to put all your hope into. Have you lost your hope in God restoring your marriage? Has it been way too long, too many complications, and are you ready just to give up? Well, I want to tell you that Satan is wanting to steal your faith, your hope, your trust in your Lord Jesus Christ. You must decide. Who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe what the Lord is telling you and guiding you and directing you? Or are you going to believe the enemy? Are you going to believe the world's way? What are you going to do? We've got to make some decisions. And some of us have made some bad decisions. I made a bad decision. I was a Christian and I had a dead marriage and my husband was unfaithful and he was living one way. Guess what? I fell into the trap of Satan by looking at my circumstances and listening to everybody else say, get rid of him. He's a bad example for your kids. I didn't realize what a bad example it would be for my children not to have a father and be around there to help them and guide them and direct them. We need to make a decision who we're going to believe. Are we going to believe in our Lord God or are we going to believe in the devil's lies? First, before we go anywhere, we need to turn to John chapter 10. Because we need to know who the enemy is. And we need to know that Jesus Christ is our shepherd. All of us know Psalm 23. 
But I want to take you to John 10, and I want to tell you, you need to realize that the Lord wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead and guide and direct you every step of your life. And if you keep saying, I want to do it my way, he's going to say, okay. But when you're ready to come and do it my way, I'm right here waiting for you. So let me read John chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. Are you willing to listen to his voice? Are you listening to his voice? Well, if you listen, are you obeying his voice? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his own sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him, because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you hearing a stranger's voice? Are you being tormented in your mind by all these different thoughts and voices that come against you about, well, you can do this, you can do that. What are you doing? It's not going to work. Why are you doing this? You should not be listening to the stranger's voice. You should be only listening to the shepherd's voice. And you must learn to distinguish between the two voices. And that's where we get in trouble if we don't distinguish between the two voices. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. What do we tell our children when they go to school or they go out to play? What do we teach them? From the time they're two years old, we say, stay away from strangers. If a stranger comes up in the car and offers you candy or a little puppy or says, here, help me, I've lost my dog or my cat. You are to run from the stranger. You're not to listen to the stranger. But how many of us are being tempted by men or women of the opposite sex, being tempted to come into an ungodly relationship? We need to run from the stranger. And we're not doing that. We get letters and emails of how we're tempted and we fall into the trap of Satan. You need to remember what you teach your children and we need to apply it to our own life because that's what God's telling us to do. Run from the stranger. Run from the enemy. Run from Satan's tricks and schemes that he has shooting at you every day to get you off of the path following your Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus used the figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes and this is John 10.10. 10. And anybody that's been in the ministry for any period of time knows the scripture that we use frequently. But a lot of people will only use the first portion of this scripture. I want you to read the whole scripture tonight so you understand 
the context. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or King James says, abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Our good shepherd did die on the cross for his sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I pray that you will come to be a sheep, wanting to lay your life on the cross and say, I want to stand for my marriage. I want to stand in the gap for my husband and my wife. I want to stand in the gap for my sons and my daughters and their spouses or their boyfriends or girlfriends. I want to stand in the gap. For my friends who do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, my neighbors who do not know the Lord. I want to stand in the gap for the people at work. I want to be like my Lord. I want to be different. I don't want to be like the rest of the people. I want to follow my Lord. Are you willing to do that? Every day you have a choice. Who are you going to listen to? Are you going to listen to the enemy's voice? Or are you going to follow your Lord Jesus Christ? This is our second teaching on Psalm 25. And the key verse in Psalm 25 is verses 4 and 5. I'm going to read that for you, but we'll start over again in just a minute. The key verse is, show me your way, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God, my Savior. And my hope, there's that word hope, is in you all day long. I trust you all the time, Father. I believe in you. I believe and I'm not going to give up my hope. I'm not going to give up in believing what you have told me about. I'm not going to believe that as Orlando came and said he kept waiting and God kept speaking to him and he kept looking for help and reconfirmation and confirmation of how to wait for his wife. And you know what? God spoke to him and he signed up for Charlene Cares and he signed up for the men's devotionally and he's listening to Stop Divorce Radio. And I said, well, there we are. We've got 24 hours a day to keep you focused to keep you going if you're having a bad time. I'm not going to repeat my first teaching, but I will do a short review. I pray that your heart's cry tonight will be, show me your way. Teach me. We have to get to Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. I pray you will highlight them and pray them as a prayer tonight. When you go home and you just Get on your bed and put your Bible in your lap and say, Lord, that's what I want. I want you to teach me. I want you to show me. I want you to put all the hope back into me. I've lost my hope. I I feel dead inside. I don't feel like it can even happen anymore, that it's hopeless. Well, we've got to get to the point knowing that the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy all your hope your faith, and your belief in the power of your awesome, mighty God. So let me read Psalm 25 one more time in its entirety, and then we will continue where I stopped in verse 8 
last time. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O my God. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. Now, are you trusting the Lord? And are you believing that you are not going to be put to shame? Because the Lord is wanting you to believe that God's going to turn this all around to good. Verse 3, it says, No one whose hope is in you will ever be put to shame. That is a promise. We need to understand that promises are something you need to write down, put them on an index card, journal them, put them in a notebook, whatever you need to do so that you can claim this and believe this. But they will be put to shame who are treacherous without excuse. Show me your way, O Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. Now, what is the Lord trying to tell us in all of this? He wants to be the teacher. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your guide. And he's wanting you to become a student. He wants you to be willing to learn his will, his way, and learn the Bible. And that means you have to study. You're not going to get it by putting the Bible underneath your pillow and praying that it's just going to sink into you and you're going to learn everything by opening your Bible up and sleeping on it. It's not going to work. You have to put some elbow grease in it. You tell your kids, study, study, study. You're not going to learn this unless you study. You're not going to have good grades unless you study. Well, let me tell you, your teacher, the Lord Jesus Christ, is saying, I am the teacher. I will teach you. If you will read this word, I will teach you and I will touch your heart. I will give you direction. I will give you hope. I will give you strength. But you've got to open up the word of God. I, you don't understand my schedule. You don't understand how tired I am. Oh, yes, I do understand. See, I'm with you 24 hours a day. I know what you're doing every time you sit down. I understand when you turn on the TV. I understand when you read something else other than the Word of God. I know what you're doing. So don't tell me you don't have time. You don't want to make time for me. You have not put me first. I need to be first I'm a jealous God. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Remember, O Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are from of old. Remember not the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. According to your love, remember me, for you are good, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs, he's a teacher, instructs sinners in his ways. Do you know what? He's saying he's going to instruct your husband, your wife, or your children who may be sinners. He's going to instruct them in his ways. He says, don't give up. That's what Jim shared tonight. He had a mother 18 years they have not communicated, but God was working it out and bringing glory and honor to him. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. Well, let me ask you a question. Have we humbled ourselves? Are we very prideful? Are we proud that we're standing and we're very prideful that we're willing to take this sacrifice and we're really sacrificing by standing? Have we got a spirit of pride? Well, we need to get rid of it. Our spouses may have pride, but you may have a spirit of pride. He wants to teach the humble in what is right and teach them his way. All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful for those who keep the demands of his covenant. Now, we know about a covenant, don't we? We know the covenant of marriage. But it says, for the sake of your name, O Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. 
Who then is the man that fears the Lord? He will instruct him in the way chosen for him. And my question tonight is, do you fear the Lord? Do you fear being disobedient? He will spend his day in prosperity and his descendants will inherit the land. The Lord confides in those who fear him. The Lord confides. That means he's telling you secrets. He's telling you special things who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. My eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. And only he can release your spouse's feet from the snare. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Boy, I know there's many of you right there that say, Amen. I am lonely. I'm tired. I'm weary. I've lost my strength. You need to cry out and say, Turn to me, Lord. Be gracious to me. The troubles of my heart have multiplied. Free me from my anguish. Look upon my afflictions and my distress and take away all my sins. See how my enemies have increased, how fiercely they hate me. Oh, I think there's many husbands and wives in this room that say, you do not know how much my spouse hates me or never, never, never am I coming back home because that's what they say to us over and over. They do not want to talk to you only about the necessities of life or maybe your children, but they do not want to talk about restoration. Well, see, that's your enemy right now but and how firstly they hate you, but we're saying guard my life, Lord, and rescue me. Let me not be put to shame, for I am taking refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me because my hope is in you. Redeem Israel, O God, from all of their troubles. The main theme of this psalm is how God, in his wisdom, will guide and direct the faithful believer. Well, are you a faithful believer? Have you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are you still on the fence saying, I want to be a Christian, but I'm not sure I want to make that total, total commitment. I pray tonight wherever you may be hearing this, that you will say enough is enough. I need to surrender my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I need you to forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want you to come into my life, straighten it out, and I'm going to put you first. I want you to become my savior. I want to receive eternal life. I want to have you become Lord of my life. I want you to direct me, show me your will, show me your way, and teach me. That is the most awesome gift he can give you. You and I must know God's truth. If we don't know God's truth, then how can we avoid the enemy? So many men and women that we know of, they were Christians and divorce attacked the person that was going to church. It happened to Bob and I. Bob allowed sin and hardness of his heart to come into his life. And I didn't know how to fight. I didn't know how to pray for him. I didn't know how to intercede for him. He did not know how to cry out and say to me, pray for me. I'm really struggling with some temptations. And we need to be open to our spouses and say to them, pray for me. But we have this spirit of pride and self-righteousness that we think we can't admit where we're having trials in our lives. So where are you? 
I say that when two Christians that have had the enemy come in and separate, I think only if we can just get them separately and talk to them and realize that the Lord can take all those mountains that they look at and can remove the mountains and they can heal this marriage because they both believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We've got to come to the point to know that Jesus is the answer in our churches for marriage restoration. Now, let me take you to Exodus chapter 20. We've got to come to the point that we understand the word of God. And when we understand the word of God, that we're going to understand that there are rights and wrongs in the Bible that are teaching us not to fall into sin. But if we don't know the word of God, we're going to sin because we're not going to know that this is a very dire consequence. Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. It starts, and God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Will you do that? Will you start making your generation and your family to be the ones that you're going to teach your children the basics of the Bible and teach them the Ten Commandments so that they will know this? You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor daughter nor your manservant or your maidservant nor your animals nor the alien within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. Well, there's a warning right there. If we would all apply that and all our husbands and wives would have applied it, we would not be in a lot of the situations we have all come into because of sin. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. If we would all do that, we'd probably not be in financial distress that we all are in right now with the world that's, that has no money, the United States who has no money. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear, and they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, Speak to us yourself, and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. God has come to test you, so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Oh, if our husbands and wives and children would have the fear of God, that they would respect and honor and obey the Lord. We would prevent a lot of sins, a lot of separations, and a lot of divorce 
if we would realize we need to fear God for the holiness he is. And then we are not to separate. We're not to get divorced. We are to fight for our marriages. God has a plan and a purpose for your life and for every believer. And you need to ask the Lord what his will and way is for your life. And we talked about that on the first CD. That you can set goals for your life and to help your children set goals and dreams that they have. What is your dream that you have had in your heart but are afraid to believe for? Believe for it still, but God has got a plan and a purpose for you right now. Even while you're standing, you don't have to turn into a stagnant stander. You can serve the Lord and be used mightily while you're going on right now, standing and praying for your marriage. We have two men in this room right now that are being used in a music ministry, a drama music ministry, that is going around and preaching the gospel while they're standing for their marriages to be healed and restored. There are many of you that are being used. There's a girl that used to come to our Bible study every week for years, and she now goes on Monday night to the prison and has a prison ministry with women. You know what? We have a message of hope. And we've got to come to the point that we're willing to go and share the gospel and share it with other people. The Lord wants to use you. And when the Lord gives you an assignment, you need to take the word, I can't, out of your vocabulary. Because you can't, maybe, but God can do anything through you. Remember Thomas Edison. Or remember Walt Disney, who were constantly criticized and rejected and made mistakes in what they were trying to do at the beginning of their life, and maybe had a lot of failures to begin with. But all of a sudden, they won. They did what they were supposed to do, and they're both remembered and known by people around the world. Thank goodness for Thomas Edison right now with us. We can see what we're doing right now. Remember Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yes, you can stand. Yes, you can fight for your marriage. And yes, you can have many lost loved ones saved because you have become the prayer warrior and you're going to fight for your family. Never forget the plans that the Lord God had for Adam or Abraham or Joseph or Jesus, for Paul, for Deborah, for Rahab, for Mary as just a few examples. God's plans can be told to us by a dream, by a vision, by the Lord touching your heart, by reading the word is the most common way. God can speak to you through the word of God and it will may just leap off the page. Oh yes, you may see a covenant transport truck and he may give it to you about five times to tell you, you need to stand for your covenant marriage. But you know what? God has a million ways talking to you. He has a million different ways, if you've read any of Bob's books and devotionals, that he had a million different ways of telling Bob, you need to go home, you need to go home, you need to go home, you need to go home. But you know what? Bob was disobedient. Bob did not listen and decipher between the shepherd's voice and the stranger's voice. And he went through a lot of pain and suffering. He went through a lot of trials and tribulations and consequences by his disobedience. But God, but God is going to win. In the end, God is God. And God heard all of my prayers and heard my going back like Luke 18, the widow wanting justice. 
I kept going, standing on the word of God and going back and saying, I'm not going to give up. I made a mistake. I divorced him, but God, you've spoken to me. I've repented. I confess my part of the problems in our marriage. And now I'm going to stand firm forever. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to notify my face. I'm a Christian. I'm going to notify other people that I am happy in the Lord, even though I'm standing and waiting for a miracle. I'm not going to be gloomy because I've got the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in me. We need to know that we can miss out on God's plans if we don't listen to the right voice. We need to know God's word. We need to know. And when somebody says, God told me to divorce my spouse, you're going to say, whoa, what book of the Bible are you reading? You know, what God is this God speaking? Because it's not our God. The God who created heaven and earth. It's not the God who created Adam and Eve and made them one flesh. You've got to be ready to stand up and stand up for God's holiness and righteousness. You need to make a difference right in your home, in your neighborhood, and at work. How many men and women, including your spouse, says that God forgives? He knows my heart. God forgives me, and I'm going on with my life with what I want to do. Don't believe it. God has not forgiven him for the sin they're living in. You've got to understand you need to know the truth. And you've got to keep praying for them and keep speaking to them in love. And keep showing them God's unconditional love. There are consequences to sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and I'm going to read this to you. You can write down the scripture. Verses 9 and 10 says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. That is why you and I are standing in the gap for your spouses. We've got to understand that when you start listing all those people, possibly your spouse may be adulterer right now. And we have got to pray that God will have mercy on them and they will turn from their wicked ways. Not all of your spouses have fallen into sin. I understand that. But they're sinning against God by being separated and not living with you. They're still sinning. We've got to pray that God will touch them. But there's many, many thousands and millions of people that are living in adultery and it's wrong the sexually immoral or adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of god that's not what charlene and bob say that's what first corinthians chapter 6 says that's what god's word says that's why you and i are standing in the gap praying for thousands and thousands of spouses to repent and turn from their wicked ways if you and i do not stay close to the lord daily we can be deceived, we can become blinded, we can listen to the stranger's voice, and we can get a spirit of pride, or we can get a spirit of self-righteousness, or we can say, you know what, they don't want me, then I'm going on with my life. How many people tell us to get on with your life, move on, God has somebody better for you. Yes, he does. Your spouse when they're touched by the Lord, it's going to be an awesome spouse. And that's what we've got to tell them, that we're waiting for God to touch and change our spouses. If we don't read the word of God, we're going to become deaf and not hear and see God's word and his plan and purpose for our lives. 
Your Lord will speak instructions to you all the time. He will be your teacher and guide. He will be your shepherd if you're talking to him. But you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. Let's just flip over to Psalm 32. I just want to read a couple of verses. Psalm 32, verse 7. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. The Lord promises to instruct and guide and give a forgiven believer a teachable spirit. He wants you to be the best student and he wants to plant you in fertile soil and he wants you to blossom and to grow up and be a fruitful tree that's going to blossom and going to be so powerfully used by the Lord. We have got to understand we need to bathe in God's presence. We need to bathe in counsel. And we need to bathe in just praising the Lord, even turning on your radio or turn on the Stop Divorce Internet radio where it has teaching and music. But you need to praise the Lord. He wants us to praise him. He wants us to choose to trust him. Trust him. Wait on him. He wants that personal relationship. We need to live a moral lifestyle while we're waiting, though. We can't go out there and sin and expect God to answer our prayers. So my question is, are you fearing the Lord? Do you fear the Lord? And if you fear the Lord, then you're going to run from the evil. You're going to run from the temptations. You are going to run from the enemy's voice. Fearing the Lord... In Deuteronomy 28, we've taught this for many years, but Deuteronomy 28 talks about the blessings of God, but also talks about the disobedience and the consequences of disobedience. And there are consequences. You and I can say, well, you know what? I'm just going to do what I want to do right now. I'm just going to let my spouse do what they want to do. And I'm just going to hang loose. Well, guess what? You're disobeying God too. So you know what? God wants to get your attention, and he wants you to really follow him. Let's go to verse 14 in Psalm 25. The Lord confides in those who fear him. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 3, and let me share another scripture for you. Proverbs chapter 3, 31 to 33. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. For the Lord detests a perverse man, but takes the upright into his confidence. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. May I challenge you that you need to live a Christ-like life and have a righteous home. Your children need it, and you need to be the example for them. In verse 15, it says in Psalm 25, my eyes are ever on the Lord, for only he will release my feet from the snare. If I can tell you about Second Chronicles chapter 20, another chapter of the Bible that I love, that God gave me back 22 years ago with Jehoshaphat. 
having a huge army coming against him. They were out to come and destroy him. And Jehoshaphat said, what am I going to do? And he stopped and took all the people and they fasted and prayed, seeking God's will and way. They faced impossible circumstances. Well, I know some of you would like to raise your hand and say, my situation is impossible. But Jehoshaphat was facing this army coming against all of his people. And he did not know what to do. Well, verse 12 says, O our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And that's what we need to remember. You need to turn your eyes up to the Lord and say, Lord, what am I supposed to do? There's another scripture that you all may recognize or may be brand new to these new people that are here tonight. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 3. Therefore, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. What race are you in? You're in the race for marriage restoration. You have a goal. You have a line up there at the end where it has a restored marriage and your Lord Jesus is coming with you. And if you've ever seen Facing the Giants, the coach is standing there saying, go, go, you can do it, you can do it, more, more, and keep pushing the football player to keep going to the goal line. Well, your Lord Jesus right now is saying, go, you can make it, go for the finish line where you're gonna get your marriage restored. Your wife, your husband who says, I do not love you, Guess what? God is going to touch them and stir up a love like never before. Love of both of you is going to be rekindled, reignited, because the Lord Jesus Christ is going to touch both of you. You've got to keep your eyes persevering for that race that's marked out for you. You cannot stop and say, I'm too sore, I'm too tired, I'm too weary. You have got to say, I'm going to run the race. I'm going to run the race. Verse 2, it says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You know what, Charlene? I don't believe this is going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm a doubter. I'm like doubting Thomas, and I just don't think God can heal and resurrect and restore a marriage like ours. You don't know all what we've said to each other. You don't know all what we've done to each other. You don't know, just like someone shared tonight, all that we've lost. We've lost our house. We've lost a car. We've lost everything through this divorce. Well, let me share with you what we heard this weekend from a standard that is from Kansas. And this stander wrote to us a testimony, and you're going to read it this next week, but it says, A couple of years ago, I met someone at work, and in a short time, we divorced our spouses and married each other. Everyone's lives were turned upside down, including his children. But the Lord convicted us recently, and we both agreed we need to go back and make it work with our covenant spouses. We annulled our marriage 
and are now prodigal turn standers. God is good. Our covenant spouses have forgiven us, and we are rebuilding our relationships with our Heavenly Father and also with our spouses. Nothing, nothing, nothing is too hard. Not even a non-covenant marriage. Not even a marriage that was built on lust and adultery. They never got the peace of God. And God spoke to these two that they both agreed to go back to their spouses. Now, in time, what is Charlene going to write? Who was standing? Who was praying? There had to be a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister or a child or children crying for mommy and daddy to come home because God answered prayers of somebody. People, we have got to come to the point that we believe in the power of God and that even though circumstances look impossible, two or three years later, they're still happily married. No, they're not. No, they're not. That's why second and third marriages are not lasting because they're not happy. God is not in it. We need to pray. Psalm 119, verse 105, and this is another scripture that we need to write down and study later. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it, that I will follow your righteous laws. I've suffered much. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, O Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me, there's that teach, your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Is that what you want to believe? Is that what you want to do? In Psalm 34, verse 6, the poor man cried and the Lord heard him and he saved him out of all of his troubles. God is wanting to rescue you. He's wanting to deliver you and your family from marriage problems. Verse 18 says, take away all my sins. We need to realize Jesus Christ wants to change us and he wants us to be set free. Psalm 103 is a very good scripture, especially if you are battling some sinful temptations. Psalm 103 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and my innermost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all your benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.